So this morning we have week three of our gratitude challenge. I know in week one uh, that many of you shared your testimony on the link, which is still there. It's not too late. If you just keep forgetting and you say, oh, I mean to do that, you still can do that. And uh, last week um, we asked you to um, send a thank you note, all right, to somebody. And we had some thank you notes for you. And you wrote out uh, those notes and sent thank you notes. Uh, we, we asked you not to cheat by sending a text, not to cheat by taking the easy way out, but to, but to use your uh, nasty old handwriting and to write a thank you note uh, to somebody to express your gratitude. Maybe it's just my nasty handwriting, uh, but to express your gratitude to someone. And this week, we have something for you. Uh, as you're leaving this morning, you're going to see that we have a, a list uh, that says Monday through Sunday on it, and it's got three little spaces. And your challenge for this week is each day this week to write down three things that you're grateful for. And the vision in my head of this, okay, is that this goes on your refrigerator. So in order for it to go on your refrigerator, you need a magnet. So we got a magnet for you out there. And on that magnet, it says, live with gratitude. And it has our verse for this series, 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So this is the picture that I have on your refrigerator this week, okay? My wife hates things on the refrigerator, so if you do, I get it. It only has to stay this week, all right? But I, I think that this would be a powerful way for us to enter into the next week, which is Thanksgiving week, uh, remembering these things, seeing these things each day. And so I got you a magnet, and we got you some paper here, and you can do this. Yes? All right, the Lord sees you. The Lord sees you out there. So on your way out this morning, uh, those will be available for you. You can pick those up. And uh, just each day, write three things that you're thankful for uh, on that day, and that'll be, uh, I, I think, helpful. I think it's helpful, right? That's why we're focused on gratitude so much in this season is because we believe it's transformative. That gratitude transforms our lives. It transforms our relationships with God. You, you know that we have a tendency to frame God just based on the prayers that he hasn't answered? Do you know that there's something inside of us, it's the broken part of us, but so often when we turn our hearts toward God, the first thing that will come to our mind is the prayer that has not been answered and the place where we feel like he's let us down. And yet, when we take time to pause and to be grateful, it reminds us of all of the many blessings, all of the things that it took for us just to get here in this moment that he's done for us. And it transforms our relationship with God. It transforms our mental health because we have such a tendency to focus on the negative. There are ads priming us. There are the fact that the negative things desire, need, need our attention. And so we're always focused on the negative things. And of course, it's easy to get discouraged when you're focused on the negative. And to have these thoughts inside. But what does gratitude do? It forces us into a space of saying, I'm going to remember all the good things. And that can't help but help us on the inside. It can't help but help our state of mind when we think about those things. It helps us in our relationship with others. Because it leads us out of criticism and it leads us out of complaining. You know, criticizers and complainers, they repel life-giving relationships. You don't want to be around somebody that's always criticizing you. You don't want to be around somebody that's always complaining. Well, if that's who you are, if that's who I am, people don't want to be around us either, right? The only people that want to be around us are the other complainers and criticizers because misery loves company. And if every single one of your friends, every time you say something negative, goes, oh, well, I got something to top that, then you, you need to pause and say, uh-oh, I have attracted a group of, of, of people who enjoy being miserable. And that's not going to be good, right? And, and so we know gratitude helps. And we also know that I can't just turn on gratitude. 
I can't just decide, okay, well, now from this day forward, I shall, from this point uh, always, be grateful. But instead, there are gratitude muscles that we have to work out if we're going to be grateful. And we talked about in week one that there's a muscle of observing the good. That I walk into every situation and I'm tempted to only see the negative, but instead I'm exercising the muscle of saying I'm going to observe, observe the good in this point. We talked last week about the muscle of humility. You know, our flesh, uh, it always demands that we uh, be first, right? And we walk into any situation and we think about the situation in these terms. Well, how does this affect me? But the truth is, you're not the center of the universe, and I'm not the center of the universe. God is the center of the universe, right? And everything revolves around him. But it takes, it takes discipline to walk into a situation and not listen to the flesh that says, oh, well, you're the most important person here, right? Instead, to say, no, what, where do my needs fit? And we talked about this in detail last week and the discipline of doing that. That takes exercise. You can't just do it, right? You've got to practice. You've got to be intentional for a period of time while you remap your brain and build the habits, of doing that, so that I walk into a situation and I begin seeing the, all the good things that are happening. I walk into a situation and I realize I'm not the center of this. There's good things happen that don't have to affect me. And today we're going to talk about the third muscle uh, of gratitude, and that is having a broader seasonal perspective on things that we see and observe in our as we move through our lives. And I want to read for you this scripture. It's Jesus speaking in Luke chapter 12. And Jesus does this amazing thing, and, and, I, and I'm always encouraging you to contextualize the Scripture, right? When you read it, you need to read the context. You need to understand what chapter that the verse is in. You need to understand or what book that the, that the chapter is in. You need to understand what testament that the, that the book is in. You need to understand which, how the testaments fit together, the Old and New Testaments. You need to contextualize. And Jesus does this amazing thing because he says to, he's talking, the disciples are trying to talk to him about the end times, right? And, you know, I mean, it would be easy for me to talk about end times this morning. I mean, you just watch the news, but I figure you're getting enough end times on the news, right? You, hopefully the news is telling you Jesus could come back at any time. And we need to take seriously taking up our cross and serving him. And so we're going to talk about how do I take up my cross and serve him. But the disciples want to talk about the end times. And Jesus says this statement that we're going to read, and then he immediately applies it to real life. He immediately applies it to the day-by-day -day life. I love it because you've been around those people and they want to talk about things like the end times and they just want to get lost in it and you leave the conversation and you're like, well, what am I supposed to do now, right? Am I the only one? I, I know. I, I be, sometimes I'm critical. So, uh, But, you know, you're like, what am I supposed to do now? But Jesus, you'll never leave a conversation with Jesus saying, what am I supposed to do now? Jesus says, well, this is what you do next. And so we watch this transition, and it's in Luke uh, chapter 12, starting at verse 54. And he's transitioning out of a discussion about the end times and, and when are you coming back, Jesus, and tell us all the signs of everything and all that. And he transitions out of that into something very practical. He wants them to land in a practical place. So we're reading Luke chapter 12, starting at verse 54. He said to the crowd, when you see a cloud rising in the west, immediately you say, it's going to rain, and it does. And when you see this, when the south wind blows, you say it's going to be hot, and it is. Hypocrites, you know how to interpret the appearance of the earth and the sky. How is it that you don't know how to interpret this present time? Now, we understand that's end times. He's kind of finishing up that discussion. But watch this transition. Why don't you judge for yourselves what is right as you are going with your adversary to the magistrate? Try hard to be reconciled on the way, or your adversary may drag you off to the judge, and the judge turn you over to the officer, and the officer throw you into prison. 
I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. Jesus said it's great to be able to interpret the times. You need to use that to interpret your life. What's happening? What season? What's going on in your life right now? Allow the Spirit to guide us. Can we pray together? Father, we rejoice today in our veterans who have served us. God, we pray a blessing on their life. God, they sacrifice seasons of their life. Like in many times they sacrifice their, their body, Lord, that they're still dealing with injuries and, and uh, still dealing, uh, God, with just the hardships of the things that they endured. And we pray, God, that you would give them peace and that you would give them healing, that on this day, God, that they would sense our gratitude and that they would sense your spirit near, God, ministering and strengthening them. Lord, as we turn our thoughts toward you and this, these ideas of gratitude and these ideas of, Lord, all the things that you're doing inside of us, I pray, God, that you would give us wisdom, give us your peace and your grace. Lord, we desire to be strengthened and encouraged by you, and we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. If you've lived long enough, then you probably have some regrets, and uh, I have some regrets. And uh, one of those uh, things that I regret is the husband that I was early in our marriage. And I, I, I think about that often, and I talk to Michelle, and I, I apologize, or I go back, and then we have conversations, and she says it's okay and, and everything. And, but I, I genuinely have regret about that season of our life, specifically, you know, kind of before Noah was born. He's 21, so we're talking uh, a couple decades ago, but it's still think about it. And I remember there was one particular incident uh, where we were in, in the car, and we were driving in a, in a Walmart parking lot, and no story, you know it's going to be a bad story when you're in a Walmart parking lot, that's just uh, where that goes, and, and we were having an argument, and I remember stopping the car out toward the outer reaches of the Walmart parking lot where you know, no other cars were, probably parked weird, and we were arguing, and it was just so, uh, we, I was yelling, I, I was yelling, and I was red-faced, and I was angry in that moment. And I just couldn't even see straight. I was so mad. And, and, and we were arguing there to the point where people were driving by and they were starting to go a little bit slow, but there was nothing physical. It was just two angry people in a car, so they would slow down and they would look at us and, and uh, then they would carry on. But I was so mad in that moment. I didn't care about those people. I didn't care about anything. And I was just mad. And all the familiar thoughts were running through my brain. Why did I marry this person? And it's always going to be this way. And I look back on this story, and it becomes very symbolic for this season of our lives together. And, and I tell you this story because it's had an impact on me. And, and, and the reason I tell you this story is because what it's about. Do you know what that argument was about? Neither do I. <laughs> In fact, probably if you asked me just a few days afterwards, I wouldn't have remembered the details of what started that argument. It just, a little bit of time passes, and something that in the moment seemed hopeless and seemed full of despair and full of rage and fury, and in just a short period of time, I can't even remember the details of, of what all of that was about, certainly not these 20 years later, but I still remember the impact that that had on the relationship, right? My guess is that if you've been alive long enough, probably if you're in your 20s at least, that you have some season of life that you regret that you look back and you were in the valley of despair and you, you, you were maybe overcome by the thought, so this will never change. Uh, this is how, it's, how life is always going to be. And now that season has passed and you've emerged from that valley and you look back on that valley and the, if you can remember anything about it at all, you sum up that whole season in one statement or two statements. 
And it's even a struggle to remember all the details. And yet in that valley, you thought life is always going to be this way. It's always going to be broken. This is hopeless. And yet God continues to scream at us. God literally screams at us. The Spirit of God always speaks in a still, small voice. So when I say to you that God is screaming something at us, then I hope that you care, that carries a little weight with you because God is literally screaming at us that life has seasons and they change fast. Life has seasons and they change fast. And he continually is reminding that. We look in the scriptures and we see Joshua who, who had these seasons of his life. I mean, he was the favored son and got the coat. And then he was sold into slavery and had the slave season. Then he had the prison season, which is undoubtedly the worst season, right? And then he has the king season. And if you ask Joseph at any point in that journey, hey, how's life going to turn out? How's it going to be? My guess is he would have no clue what was coming next. He only understood the seasons. The scriptures tell us in Proverbs 6 about the ants. Go to the ant, you sluggard, who works in the summer for in, in anticipating the harvest. The scriptures tell us about Ecclesi- Ecclesiastes chapter 3. There is a season under heaven for all things. Whether you're cutting or loosing or binding or tying or doing all the things, there's a season for it. And God continually reminds us to the point where we live here in beautiful West Virginia and we get to see those seasons transform right in front of our eyes. But wherever you live in the world... The seasons may look different, but they transition. I say to us, God is screaming this to us because even the world reflects that these seasons are constantly changing. These seasons are changing right before our eyes. And the question is, is this thing that matters so much to me, this thing that's crushing me right now, or this thing that has me so excited, is it going to matter in a year? Is it going to matter in a week? Certainly, I mean, you know, the great Christian question is, is it going to matter in a thousand years? And uh, the answer to almost everything there is no. But I mean, some things that we can get so caught up in, and we can look at it and we can think, well, this is never going to change. And God says, you're thinking wrong. You're not realizing the seasons of life. You're not realizing how life moves. I'm trying to tell you over and over and in manifold different ways that there are seasons of life. You're in a season right now. And if that's a a low point, you're in a season. If that's a high point, you're in a season. And you need to appreciate that because without an appreciation of the seasons, we cannot be grateful. This is so essential to gratitude. Because in the good seasons, we take things for granted. And in the hard seasons, we refuse to see how God is working. When I'm, when I'm walking through the summer seasons or the fall harvest seasons of my life, I'm like, oh, everything's great. I'm awesome. <laughs> I'm pretending to be you, uh, just saying. <laughs> and when we're walking through the winter seasons of our life, we're like, well, where's God at? I can't believe that. And we take those things for granted in the summer and, and the fall. And then, and then in the winter seasons, it's hard to see that and believe that God is still working and God is still doing things. And yet, the Lord continually leads us into this way of thinking. I believe that the Holy Spirit is continually asking us these questions if we're willing to listen. I believe he wants us to, to ask these things to ourselves and he's reverberating them in our spirits. He says, listen, what season... He wants us to ask, what season am I in as it relates to this? What season am I in? Where am I? Am I oriented? 
What's going on around me? And in a certain sense, these are all the same question, okay? But do I realize that this isn't going to last forever? Do I realize that this isn't going to last forever? Listen, I'm sorry. I I literally had four sermons that I could have preached today, and I've tried to pare them down into one, and so you're going to get me a little scrambled today. Uh, But listen to this. Do I realize that this isn't going to last forever? If you're going through a hard season of your life, it is a lie to believe that it's going to last forever. But listen to me. If you're going through a high point of your life, it's a lie to believe that it's going to last forever. And do you see how, how when I, I believe that or I don't believe that, it destroys me because I believe that the negative things are going to be forever. And I'm going to be broken and I'm so miserable and I'm in despair. And God says no. And then when the good things are happening and I believe that they're going to last forever, I'm not grateful. I'm not pouring out my heart to God. And this single question It just orients us, and it puts us in a healthy place. Am I seeing how this fits into the big picture? You see, this is the third muscle of gratitude, right? I walk into a situation, and I'm immediately seeing the good things that are happening. I'm immediately evaluating where do my needs fit into what's happening in this situation. And there's something in me through the power and the wisdom of the Spirit of God that says, what's the big picture here? What's happening? What's happening in the big picture? You know the temptation of our lives, the pace at which we run, and the temptation of our lives is to consistently run in and think only of the small little details and to take care of everything. And i got to be here at this time, and i got to be there, and this has to be taken care of, and this has to be purchased at the store, and this has to be done, and that has to be done, and every little detail. And yet the Spirit of God says, I'm here to remind you that there's a big picture. I'm here to remind you that this season won't last forever. If it's good, be grateful. If it's discouraging, be grateful that it's not going to last forever. There's something bigger happening, and this grounds us. And, and I want to tell you, if this seems impossible to you, if, if you think, well, it seems impossible to me to walk into a situation and to see the big picture, I, I want to tell you that that's a little confessional. That it's a confession that you're saying that I'm not very close to God right now. If you can't see the big picture then you're not, you're not having a real close season with the Lord because the Lord is always reminding us of the big picture. He says things like yesterday, today, and forever. He says things like eternity. Jesus, they're talking to Jesus about worrying about things. I don't know, how many of you have ever worried about something? Okay, just it's great to just find the liars. Okay, all right. And Jesus says, look at the flowers of the field, right, and the birds of the air. And you're like, Jesus, I'm worried about real things, right? I didn't expect, I'm not, like, you're not, you're the carpenter. You're the hard man. Where'd you get all frou-frou all of a sudden with the flowers and the birds? Like, why the flowers and the birds? What is Jesus saying there? You're worried about all these things. Take a step back. Look at the big picture. God's taking care of the birds, bro. God's, God's taking care of the flowers. So just take a step back. Look at all the things you're worried about, just every little tiny thing. God says, wait, step back, take a look at the big picture. This, this conversation with Jesus, this statement by Jesus, it is, it is emphatic 
uh, from him that we understand the season of our life that we're in. And the truth is, you're in an overall season of your life, but also all the different areas of your life are in different seasons. I'm in a season of my life in general, but I'm also in a season of my life in my marriage, in my parenting, in my work, in my spiritual life. I'm in a different season of my life in all of those things. And we know that there are winter seasons. There are winter seasons characterized by rest and preparation where little progress is seen. Isaiah 55, 10 through 11, it says this, as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return to it without watering the earth and making it bud and flourish so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. In these winter seasons where things don't seem to be moving, we don't see progress, things seem to be dry, things seem to be cold and dead, God says, I'm working in those seasons. God sends the snow, and we look out and we see no leaves on the trees, and we just see despair, and yet he sends the snow onto the ground to water the ground, to prepare for the next season of spring. The work that is done in the, in the uh, plants and, and in, the, in the environment and all those things that are accomplished in the winter, and yet... So often in the winter, we're pushing against the winter. We hate the winter. We feel like a loser in the winter. I don't see any progress. I don't see anything happening. But the truth is, your attitude in every season determines the effectiveness of the next season. And so when I'm in the winter and I'm complaining, and what do I want? I want spring. Like, I want spring to get here. I want to see some life again. I want to see something happen. And in fact, I will beat my head against the wall to make something happen. Maybe that's a little bit of my personality, and you're just getting that this morning. Maybe you're a little different. I don't know. But, man, I'll, I'll break things, and I'll burn things down, and I'll do whatever I have to do to make something happen. And so often in that, I've discovered in my life that I'm not allowing the Word of God and the Spirit of God to do what He needs to do in me in the deep parts of me in those winter seasons, that He's giving me a break so that I can be strengthened and I can be prepared for the next season of life. And, and, and we get in those winter seasons. Remember, you're getting four sermons this morning, so bear with me. We get in those winter seasons and we get so frustrated. God, where are you? I can't see anything. God, why is it so dry? Why is it so cold? Why is it so broken? And God says, will you lean into me in this season? Will you hear my word? It's not going to return void. Will you allow my spirit to water your soul, even in this season where it seems like nothing's happening in your life? What comes after winter? This is the group participation part, and it's easy. Spring. Praise the Lord. There you are. Spring, right? There is the spring season, which is characterized by new beginnings and excitement. We love it, right? Unless you have allergies, you love the spring. You, you see all the things budding. You see all the things happening. You see all the new beginnings. And I have a scripture for us. It's from the Song of Songs, and we don't get enough of the Song of Songs. So I'm just going to read you a scripture about spring, okay? Yeah, all right. You know that two people have been killed in history for translating the Song of Songs, right? The person that translated it into Spanish and the first person translated it into English were both killed. Okay, sorry. Just throwing things out there. All right. He says this, see, the winter is past. 
The rains are over and gone. Flowers appear on the earth. The season of singing has come. The cooing of doves is heard in our land. The fig tree forms its early fruit. The blossoming vines spread their fragrance. Arise, come, my darling, my beautiful one. Come with me. The spring, it brings life. It brings all of these things. But here's the thing. If we haven't done the work in the winter, we won't be ready for the spring. If the God has not helped and strengthened our roots and watered us and we've not been grounded, then the spring comes and there's all these new opportunities. And have you ever seen somebody and they're single and they don't want to be? And then they get a new relationship, right? And somebody comes in and then you watch them just smother that person. And like two weeks later, they, they tell you like, yeah, that didn't work out. And you're like, really? <laughs> have, have, have you ever seen somebody and they, they, they start a new job and there's just all this excitement for this new job and then a month later, two months later, you're like, well, I'm not with that company anymore. And you're like, really? And, and, and you watch them because they, they, all they did in the winter season was complain. And all they did in the winter season was gripe about how nothing was happening instead of digging down deep and being prepared, recognizing the winter's not going to last forever. Spring is going to come. Are you going to be ready for spring? Because God is going to bring that spring in. God is going to bring those new things into your life. Those seasons are going to change. New things are going to come. I don't know. I just Somebody needs to hear me this morning, okay? Winter is not going to last forever. Spring is going to come. Be ready for spring. Be ready. So when that new person comes into your life and you want a relationship, that you're whole in yourself and you can be a healthy person in that relationship. That when that job change comes that you've been longing for, that you're actually prepared to succeed in it. And you can walk in it. When, when you're married, you can walk in it. And you're whole because God has done his work in the winter season and you are anticipating and living in anticipation of the spring. You know, what, what happens after spring? Oh, man. God, wow. You guys, man, you're making me work hard this morning, Right? Summer, summer comes after spring. You're welcome. Thanks for getting up this morning and coming. <laughs> Faith Community Church. There is the summer season, which is characterized by work and productivity. You know, there's excitement in the spring, but in the summer, it's time to do the hard work. Proverbs chapter 6, verses 6 through 8, it says, Go to the ant, you sluggard. <laughs> mm, I just long to say that. Can I say it one more time? Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider its ways and be wise. It has no commander, no overseer or ruler, yet it stores its provisions in summer and gathers its food at harvest. Guys, um, there are seasons of work. And, uh, and the ant doesn't have to have somebody looking over their shoulder telling them that it's time to work. And here's the thing. If I want Michelle to say, think that I'm a great husband, then guess what? In those seasons of summer, there's time to work. There's not all just time for her to just, you know, cuddle me and say nice things to me and, and all those things. That's a reference to a couple weeks ago, right? Um, there's, it's just not all. Sometimes in marriage, it takes work. And I just got to just gotta push. For, I got to do the things that I know I'm supposed to do. Sometimes at work, it takes work. It's not all excitement. It's not all, it's not all joy. Sometimes it's work. Relationships take work. School takes work. Things take work. There are seasons of work. There's seasons when it's hard and it's wintry, and there's seasons when it's spring and it's exciting and it's all fresh and new. And there are seasons of work. 
and, and getting down into it and showing up and doing the things that you know you're supposed to do, even when they're hard, even when the sun is beating down on you. And there's nobody looking over your shoulder and there's nobody telling you, just like the ant, you sluggard. <laughs> and yet you're willing to do the work in the season. Because what comes after summer? Woo! Thank you. Bobby Jean's awake this morning. All right. What comes after summer is fall. And whether you like, right, there is the fall season, which is characterized by harvest and celebration. And whether you actually like the real fall season, like maybe you're not a pumpkin spice latte person, right? Some people freak out. They're getting a little discouraged right now because menus are going to change, right? We're about to get peppermint. But all of us love the seasons of life, of harvest and celebration. Those, Psalm 126, 5 through 6, those who sow tears will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out weeping, carrying seeds to sow, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. When you do that work, when the winter does its work and the spring does its work and the grindy parts of the summer and the sun does its work, the harvest comes. And we all love the harvest, right? I mean, if you're in school and you do all the hard work, you love at the end of the semester to see those straight A's there, right? You can't wait to tell somebody, look at this. You can't wait to work through the process and to graduate. Like, wow, check it out, I graduated. I completed. It's the harvest of these years of hard work that I've put in. We love it when a relationship that we put the hard work in and it bears fruit and I feel appreciated and I feel loved, right? I love it at work when I, I do a hard, hard work and I get promoted and I get more money and people see and they recognize and wow, this is good and I love it spiritually when I do the hard work and I feel close to God. He's leading me and he's speaking to me. But here's a slightly trick question because we've been talking through this cycle. What comes after fall? Oh. But wait a minute, I've worked so hard, and now I have the harvest, and now I have the celebration. Well, um, I don't mean to discourage anybody. If you're a student in here, especially a student in college, just plug your ears for just a second, okay? Um, but what comes after you graduate from college? Ooh. And when you're brand new, what position do you take? Do you step in as the CEO of the company, or do you step in as the grunt? Right? And it's like, I've worked so hard and I harvest and it's, I'm graduated and woo! And now it's winter. Right? And what happens, right? When I get this relationship and I'm, and I'm, you know, and I'm excited in the spring and there's new romance and I do the, the, you know, I work hard and I, I love them and then, oh, we get married and it's, and it's amazing, right? And then she's pregnant. <laughs> Guess what's coming? It's a hard season, man. It's a transition. There's a new life, right? And, and, that, and that's coming, and you say, oh, no, I step into this season. What happens when you're at work? Has anybody ever been promoted? You're like, great, I'm promoted and more money, and then you show up, and you're like, oh, my. <laughs> they have more people. They expect more, and it's like, i got to work harder, and there's all this stuff, and what do you do? You come out of fall into winter again, and then you begin to work through all of the seasons again. Why? Because the seasons are changing. There is this cycle Winter, spring, summer, and fall. And when I don't recognize what season that I'm in, I can short-circuit the work of God in me. I can short-circuit what God wants to do to the point where if I'm, if I'm in the winter season and all I'm doing is complaining and I can't be grateful for what God is doing in the winter season of my life and digging down deep inside of me and doing those things, I'm not going to be ready for the spring. 
And when the spring comes and there's all those new opportunities and I think it's just still all about me, oh, well, I did this, I, I survived, and I'm still not recognizing the work of God in the spring, I can short-circuit that season. In the summer, I can think, well, God's going to do all the things, right? I just need to pray about it. You do need to pray about it, but you also need to work. You also need to discipline yourself. You also need to push forward in the summer seasons of whatever it is where you want to succeed. And when the fall seasons come, it's tempting to think, wow, look how awesome I am. I succeeded. And the truth of the scriptures continually reminds us it's not you. It's the Lord strengthening you. And the thing that you've done has been obedient. And the thing that you've done is followed. And the thing that you've done is allow God to work in your life and to lead you through these seasons. And when we don't recognize the seasons and we don't recognize what season we're in, it destroys our gratitude. And I want to encourage us this morning that whatever season you're in right now, can you find a way, and I don't know if somebody's coming to the piano, but they can come on. Can we find a way to be grateful in the season where we are? It might take some discipline. It might take some discipline for you to say, I'm in this winter season, but I'm still going to find a way to be grateful. It might take some discipline to say, I'm in the summer season. I'm working hard here, and I'm not sure that I'm appreciating, getting appreciated. I'm not sure that things are being accomplished. But even in the summer season of the hard work, Say, God, thank you for the strength in my body. Thank you for the, the mind that you've given me to process. Thank you for your grace in my life. Obviously, in the spring and fall seasons, it's easier to give gratitude. But I lean in recognizing it's not me, it's the Lord. And so wherever you are right now, wherever you are right now, let me hear me say this, it's not going to last forever. So can we be grateful to the Lord in this moment? God, we just come to you, Lord. And we rejoice, God, because you know where we are. God, we are never abandoned in the winter seasons. We are never abandoned in any season. But God, you are there with us. You are walking. You are accomplishing your purpose. God, I know there are those that are here this morning, those that are listening on the live stream today, God, and they're in a winter season of their lives and they can't see anything and they're tempted to believe it's gonna last forever. I pray that you would speak to them by your grace and that you would communicate to them that it's not, that God's spring is coming. But Lord, there's something that you desire to do in their hearts even in this cold, hard season. Lord, that you would lead us into the spring seasons of our lives, God, and give us wisdom. Give us wisdom for the new things. God, that you would lead us through the summer seasons of our lives, that we would not be people that are scared to be disciplined, but instead we would lean into you. And God, we would make those hard decisions day by day, Lord, so that we can see the harvest. God, we can see the fruit. Lord, we rejoice in who you are. God, I ask for this wisdom. I ask for this grace. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's stand together this morning. What comes after summer? Okay, just checking, just seeing. You guys got all quiet, and I just wanted to see. Our prayer team's coming at this time, and they would love to pray with you. If you have something coming up this week, somebody in your life has a, a big uh, appointment or big decision, they would love to pray with you. If something's going on in your life and you need somebody to pray, there is power in the agreement of prayer. And they would love to pray with you this morning. 
We do this very intentionally as we're dismissing. Everybody goes that way so you can come forward, right? I mean, I could just right now say, hey, come on, step out right now, but then you might feel awkward. Say, people are going to look at me. Truth is, they're not. They're trying to beat it to chocolate mousse before it closes. But you think, well, they might be. But it's an opportunity for you to come and to pray. Some of these people care about you. They're prayed up. They want to pray with you, and they love you this morning. God, I just ask your blessing on your people. As they go from this place, give them peace that passes understanding, a peace that is so strong, God, that, Lord, the people around them take notice, and they come, and they ask, what's different about you? And God will say to them, regardless of what season we're in, we'll say, Jesus is faithful, and he's given me peace. God, I thank you for this peace, and I pray this blessing on your people now in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Peace be with you.